Mic test, mic test, mic test. Testing the microphone, testing the microphone. That's pretty good. Three, two, one. Hey everybody, and welcome to a Board Shenanigans short. We're not sure if this is even a to-go episode. This is like a Board Shenanigans snack. Midnight snacks at Board Shenanigans. That's what we're here for, to remind you that one, you are in fact hungry... And two, you need content, but you might not get the content that you were expecting. And I know what you're all thinking off the bat. Jesus Christ, they're delaying everything again. No, 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 and yes, slightly. So, what this is, is this is Cody sort of taking an opportunity out of a discussion from a previous episode that didn't quite get to go the way that he wanted to, mostly because it was my fault, because I didn't prepare other guests, hosts, and editors for this. So what I've decided to do is, as opposed to writing an article like I'm supposed to do for the website and I haven't done in over a year, I thought I'd give you an audio article. Something to satiate your ears and to make make you think, wonder, believe once again that Board Shenanigans is in fact the greatest podcast in the history of mankind. So what this is, is without fanfare or ado... This is the most underused characters in in media. Now, I think we've all been there where we've watched something, read something, whatever the case may be, and you've you've seen these characters and you're like, "Wow, there's a very good performance, there's a very good backstory. There's there's a lot more to this character than than I'm seeing on screen." You know, there 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 could this could be better. And you know, whether it be the the abysmal film, um, a poor job done by the writing team, by that, whatever. It's just, there's something about this particular character or this particular performance that kind of deserves better. So I kind of picked four that I thought I could think of that I thought I'd uh, share with our illustrious listening audience. So this is in no particular order. Um, I would say it's big, you know, the top four of all time, but it's not. It's just me musing to myself. So, this is low-hanging fruit, and I know it's been said and said and said again, and even brought in, even resurrected slightly, but I think we can all agree that Darth Maul deserved better. You know, in The Phantom Menace, it just really seemed like this character was very, very underutilized. He was undersold. He didn't have... His motivations were kind of hollow. I mean, there was just so much more that could have been done with this character... And this is almost cheating since the Expanded Universe has kind of done that. To, you know, they've brought him back to life after he got chopped in half. And they they talked about his backstory and the ceremony for how he got all the tattoos and shit on his face and blah, 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 which is good. I'm glad that this guy kind of got a second coming in a way because Darth Maul deserved better. But taken purely on the cinema, on the cinematic universe... I mean, good lord, what a waste. One, you have Ray Park, who is just awesome. Who, You know, he portrays Darth Maul. You know, he was Toad, he was Darth Maul. He's been a bunch of other... I'm sure he's been more characters than that, but he's, you know, a martial art expert. I believe there's a style of martial arts based around his abilities. I'd be lying if I knew more than that, but, you know, poor shenanigans. Um, anyway, but that's one of the really interesting things about about him is... You know, you have this character that's visually striking. I mean, I think we can all agree 
that he is the best part of Phantom Menace, and he's the most poorly used. You know, he, he's he got, you know, the two lightsabers, which is still innovative, but it was extremely innovative at the time. Um, you know, you just have this character that's got a lot of potential, that's got a lot to him, and he's not really allowed, he doesn't speak, he does, I mean, he has some of the most iconic fight scenes. I maintain that the Duel of Fates fight scene between Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon Jinn, and Darth Maul is one of the best fight scenes as far as sci-fi goes. I think it's an amazingly well-done fight scene. Um, and if you ever really, really need something to just add more cinematic prowess to it, uh, sync it up from when the elevator doors open and you first see Darth Maul. You know, you have to do this with the uncut fight scene. You can't do this with the one where they, they interject. There's the uncut fight scene. So look that up on YouTube and watch that. And if that's not awesome enough, Whenever the elevator doors open, start playing When the Levy Breaks by Led Zeppelin. And that is one of the greatest sync-up, mash-up things I've ever seen. Um, very, very well done. Just worth it. It's, it strikes, it hits you in all the good parts. It's just boner city right there. Your nerdgasms will explode all over the place. Anyway, so that's kind of, that's, again, low-hanging fruit with Darth Maul. Everybody knows it. He's kind of come back. He's given more... But even then, I maintain that this character definitely, definitely deserved to have a little bit more burn. He sure deserved to be... I mean, to me, he could have been the next Darth Vader. He could have been the, the antagonist for all three films, and I would have been okay with that. But, oh well, I mean, I guess that's one of the things about about a poorly done character is sometimes the fan community rises up and demands that he comes back and at least at least he's gotten some love but anyway <clears throat> another one on my list and this is a, this is a guy I touched on in an episode but I don't think that I got to quite opine the way that I wanted to um <clears throat> in the Coen brothers released the remake of a movie called The Lady Killers in 2004 um I've since seen the original um the original the original had uh, Michael Caine in it, I believe. I'm sure I'm misquoting that. I'm not going to edit that out either. I'm just, fuck it. Anyway, I've since seen the original, which I will admit is a far superior film to the remake. The remake's enjoyable. It's quirky. It's got that Coen Brothers style. I don't feel that your time is wasted, which is about the most resounding uh, review of a movie I guess I can give you. Anyway... Um, one of the, one of the, the, the best part, the absolute, absolute best part of that movie is this guy called Professor G.H., and he's t played by Tom Hanks in what I, I kind of feel might be one of his best performances. Um, Tom Hanks is just extremely good in this, in this role. Um, but anyway... One of the things that I, I, I really, really enjoyed about it was he's, you know, an old southern gentleman. He, he's a man out of his time. And I always kind of enjoy that character, um, especially when he's played to the hammy hilt that Tom Hanks takes it to, where he is, where he's just so overblown and so over the top and full of shit on all the, on all levels in all the best ways. He's, he's, he makes this movie for me, and as for all of our astute listeners who just can't get enough shenanigans in their lives, either remember when or stay tuned for me talking about this again, 
But my my favorite part about it was I wanted to get a supercut of this and just send it to Brewer because the guy is so entertaining. He's just he's amazing. He, you know, he uses fifty cent words that are not commonly used anymore. He he's just an amazingly convincing con man in not a very convincing manner, but. There's just something about like a pompous old Southern gentleman in a modern modern times that's that's extremely interesting and extremely enjoyable, and it's not that the movie was bad. It's just that he every single solitary scene that he was in, he stole the movie. He was just stellar, and I wanted him to go on in his adventures. I wanted to see. I was more concerned with how did you get here? What's your backstory? Uh, are you are you actually a southern gentleman or are you faking to be a southern gentleman because that is the level of con man that you have in you it is one of those things that I, I definitely wanted to see more of which might be why it is such an enduring character to me because I have got such a soft spot in my heart for overblown pompous characters whether it be your you know your Michael Caine from uh, Zulu. Mr. Fish Owner from Bob's Burgers. Um, I love that elephant from the Jungle Book cartoon in the 60s. I, I, I just, I really always have a soft spot in my heart for these big, pompous, over the top, ridiculous villains, cause they're fun. You know, Dr. Baron Von Evil Satan type characters. I, I, I love those kind of characters. So, anyway. And I guess another thing that kind of I enjoyed about this was, not that I dislike Tom Hanks, I just didn't know he had this level of acting in him, which maybe is my own fault for not being that up on his filmography. A couple others I sort of wanted to hit on real quick. Um, there was a comic series, uh, Wolverine, called, or it was a series they did called The End, which highlighted several superheroes on how their lives might potentially end. And this one, this one in particular is called is Wolverine's The End. And it was not my favorite, I'm not going to lie. I really didn't, really didn't care for it a whole lot. But there was one, because essentially it's Wolverine, he's 200 years old. He's sort of senile and grumpy, grumpier, I guess. And he's kind of goes back to his origins and where he came from and if anybody who's followed the comics or even seen the movies realizes that Wolverine has one of the most convoluted backstories of any character and that's saying something for Marvel comics but anyway one of the things about it that that I really enjoyed and it was maybe 10 pages of it maybe was he his friend who kind of was his kind of enabled him to stay in his cabin in Canada by himself and blah, blah, blah. He has this friend named Gary, and they go fishing together. And their dialogue is really enjoyable because, you know, it's just two old men kind of chit-chatting, but it's done in a very entertaining manner. And that, that was one of those things that I uh, I, I really liked about that particular comic. Um, didn't really care much about that. Get some unnecessary saber tooth stuff because you know what? If Wolverine's involved, it's gonna it's gonna eventually turn against the uh, saber tooth and something about the U.S. government turning him into you know. It's always that with fake memories and real memories and blah 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 blah. Not that great of a comic, but it was a it was you know for something I read as long ago as I did, 
it's one of those characters that still kind of sticks with me just because he was he was good. He was the best part. He's an ancillary character, you know, of a meh comic books, but I I would have liked to see more of Gary. Uh, also on this list, and I realize what I'm about to say. I know that is uh, Jake Barnes from The Sun Also Rises. I realize that The Sun Also Rises is kind of heralded as one of Hemingway's great works. I didn't really feel that way. Um, it was okay. It, it was it was okay. I definitely learned a whole lot more about 1920s cafe culture than I ever cared or knew wanted to know about. Um, which I guess is good to learn, but my God, it's not. It's it, it is definitely, and I, I love Hemingway. I mean, for whom the bell tolls is a great is a great great book. You know, Old Man in the Sea is really kind of his best thing. Um, I thoroughly I thoroughly enjoyed Farewell to Arms. He he's done some really good shit. I I I very much enjoy. Hemingway's writing style. I don't really care. I'm not going to get into this. He's misogynistic and all that shit. I don't care about that. Um, let's face it. The guy can write some seriously good, interesting things. Um, but the sun also rises. I read it. I think I read it last year for the first time, and it was you know heralded as this as this great work. And I'm sitting there and I'm reading it and I'm reading it and I'm like, okay, kind of when does it get like interesting? It's just these characters and they're sitting around and kind of bitching about stuff and you know it, it's just it's not the greatest thing i mean i was a little you know it was definitely a culture i was removed from so i thought maybe it was me but really as the book went on and on i just i kind of cared for it less and less and again it wasn't my fate it wasn't bad it just wasn't the greatest thing it didn't strike a chord with me um, but one of the characters that really did is the main character, is the protagonist of this book, a guy named Jake Barnes. And without giving away a whole lot, he's, it's basically the book is he kind of is, has a thing for this chick and there's several other guys that do and they all kind of follow her around and it sort of follows different little seg, seg, segments of that. Um, but the cool thing about this Jake Barnes guy is he was in the war and he's impotent. That's a key character trait of his is he's, he's impotent. And so, like, because of a war injury. And he's such an interesting character because he's got a lot going on. And when he, and thankfully, he's in the book a lot as the protagonist because he's what kept me reading it. I think had he been just a side character, I don't know that I would have cared nearly as much as I did. But it's it's one of those where he's very introspective, and a lot of the things that he reflects on kind of make you kind of make you sort of okay, you know that I can see that I can see his side of the story, and I I sort of I, I I really enjoyed that that part a lot, you know, and he was just genuinely kind of a misguided guy with good intentions, and I think we've all been there, so. This was definitely a character that I liked a lot. Um, like I said, I, I know that I'm supposed to think that this is the greatest thing because it's you know an acclaimed book by one of my favorite authors, but not so much. Not so much this one. And kind of the last thing I'm going to touch on real quick is uh, <clears throat> the last last character, underused character I'm going to touch on. 
is um, Maugram from the Chronicles of Narnia series, particularly The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I'm not going to lie, I've only seen the movie once, so I don't know what they did with him in that. I'm really strictly talking about the book, or the book series, because I read them when I was a kid, and I've read them again. I think I've read the first one again, um, more recently, but anyway, Maugram was essentially the was the big bad wolf in Narnia. He was the kind of the enforcer for the White Queen. He was supposed to be like just he was just kind of done as as a, you know, a bully enforcer, you know, do what do what the bad guy says type of character. But I always felt like there was a lot more to him and that there could have been a lot more to him. I mean, I know you get some of his backstory and that's cool. I mean, but I don't think I just felt like he was kind of there to be there, to be sort of scary. I mean, I'm sure he served his purpose and whatever, but maybe I, I just thought he was a better, more interesting villain than the White Witch herself. Or, you know, and he's, he always, his fealty to her was always elaborated on, but I don't know that, I don't ever feel like you got a why, and it would have been kind of cool if you knew why he was so on her side and... You know, other than I'm evil for the sake of evil because evil is fun. But anyway, that was that was definitely one of those characters that I would have I would have really liked to seen him get some more. Um, as as stated though, I didn't watch the movies, so perhaps perhaps I am in fact mistaken, and he could be the star of them. I believe Michael Madsen did his voice, so that's always a good thing. Anytime Michael Madsen does the voice of something. You know, prepare thyself for awesome. Now, anyway, that, uh, those are some of the characters that I felt have been underutilized, misused, partially misrepresented, and things that I think they could have done better in. You know, best parts of bad things, I guess. So, which is kind of like how your midnight snack is sometimes. You, it's the best parts of a bad meal. So maybe you can go raid the fridge, get, get some of that. Hopefully we've satiated your podcasting appetite for the week. We, we are working on coming back to full schedule. Things have just, they're not quite aligning. We're doing what we can. I know you're tired of excuses. So are we. But this is the best we can do for you this week. Hopefully, hopefully y'all enjoy, enjoy yourselves. And I have no misquoting Bible things to leave you with. So, bon voyage. Oh man, it's been it's been a long day. I don't know what could make my day better. Do you know Jolene? Why, in fact, I do. That would be going to bspodcast.us. Oh, I've heard about that, especially on their Facebook page and their Twitter, and I think I have them in my iTunes feed. Also, Stitcher. Oh, I'm sure you do, because they're the sexiest boys on all the podcasts. Yes, indeed they are. So I think I think we should all go and enjoy enjoy some of their fine soup eating right now. Oh, indeed. Mm.
Don't eat us. Yeah, that's all that matters. <laughs>